1: Good morning, beautiful Sunday out there folks, a little light rain to kind of miss the ground. I don't know what was cleaning off, it's been raining plenty lately and hopefully we get another foot or so of snow up in the hills, can't beat this uh, this winter and last, last uh, fall was pretty good too, we had an awfully nice monsoon at the end of the year. Anyway, happy Sunday, welcome to the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show, we're here with all of our talent, we have the lovely Shira and Troy on the news, so we're, we're in good shape today folks, beautiful morning out there. And, uh, we were gonna... You know, play a tequila sunrise song or something, but I don't think we're going to have one of those this morning. Looks a little cloudy, so we'll have to, you know, gear the music towards the clouds, but it is a beautiful day, and uh, if you haven't been outside yet, it didn't, you know, it didn't pound enough to hear it on the roof, but uh, nice light rain around the valley, and it is pretty. Anyway, it's, uh, we're here and in, almost into March, so springtime's on the way, baseball season's coming up, you know, at least especially our uh, our spring ball we have here in Arizona, and and a, a beautiful special place for that and it's uh it's fun to see uh, as much as we have here and all the entertainment value and, and all the good times for people to share and it's also good to look back at baseball teams and see what it takes to make a team you know you have to have a, a guy that can hurl the ball pretty fast up in the mound and be a little tricky or maybe he's a knuckleball pitcher you have to have some pretty fast guys out in the outfield you have to have a real sure shortstop and it takes that catcher to to anchor the team at home base anyway we all have a lot of fun with our sports. We have a lot of fun. Oh, I got I to compliment ASU, too. You know, being a Wildcat, whenever you shoot a 60-foot jumper with the time just off the clock, point something seconds left, and you win the game, hey, congratulations, guys. When you when you win one like that, you really earn it over at ASU, and even a Wildcat's got to congratulate you on that one yesterday. But we've got the tournament coming up, and there's some season left, so <laughs> we're not giving up yet. Anyway, beautiful morning. Give us a call. 602 277 5827. KTAR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, why to grow it, where to grow it. Um, you know, we're here in the subtropical climate, which gives us all kinds of alternatives. You know, we can grow plants prettier and uh, a lot of variety here. Now, We might not quite be Oceanside, California, but, you know, aside from Oceanside, maybe some of the, you know, the median tropic places in Florida, we could probably grow as many plant varieties here as almost anywhere in the country, and we have to do things to mitigate our sun and plant them in the right exposures, and that's what we're here on the program for, and we could talk about that, and we also are very interested in hearing what you're growing different at home. You know, there's so many new styles. There's all kinds of new fun things to eat. There's uh, new citrus varieties. There's a lot of different different things we can do here. And uh, and they're all welcomed and they're fun. One thing we wanted to remind people, though, is that you can't just import plants. So if you go on this, you know... You know, nice vacation to Thailand. You can't slip the little plant in your bag and bring it home. You know, you never know what you're going to bring home with that little plant. We have this wonderful group called the USDA and the Arizona Department of Agriculture that they're happy to help you if you want to import a different plant. But it takes times and there's rules, and uh, you know, please don't sneak one in. I mean, that's what's so nice about growing citrus here in Arizona is we don't have some of the diseases they have in other places, and we want to keep it that way. But uh, if you haven't tasted much of our our local citrus yet. It's prime citrus season right now. The navels are really good. The the Arizona sweets are still good. The Tangelo season has kicked in full blown on Tangelo season. The lemons couldn't be better. This is the time of year when our lemons are really ripe. Meyer lemons are just about done, but uh, we've got, you know, fun things coming up still. We've got the tango mandarins, which are only gonna get better. A lot of our grapefruits, the Oro Blanco is its best right now, cocktail citrus is its best. But the other grapefruit varieties and Valencias, um, Um, they're still coming on you know and here in Arizona we can have you know pretty fresh citrus lots of varieties all the way from August and and, you know until pretty much August you know we we have things like grapefruit that will carry on right through the whole August season you know our limes are the first thing to ripen and uh, followed by some of the lemon varieties and then early mandarin so you can grow all different kinds of citrus and have fruit here just about year-round well, we have wide open lines, so it's whatever your dreams are. If you've got an idea, if you've got a thought, if you've got... uh the need to answer or ask something we could talk about how to grow everything i mean there's no limit to plants here we have beautiful sonoran desert plants which are going to be very very happy this year and uh i've got to give the uh, freeway people oodles of credit over on highway 12 in the east valley somebody seeded some wildflowers in there and they are knock out, dead gorgeous whenever you take the new leg of the freeway they couldn't be any prettier from you know four or five different varieties mixed into this beautiful you know seed mix they put in that's absolutely gorgeous. I mean they talk about the bluebells in Texas if you haven't had a chance to just drive out that that freeway in the east valley take take the turn off the two o two and head east and uh Whoever planted those uh, flowers in there did a magnificent job, and they couldn't have had a better year. You know, we just had fantastic rain for the wildflowers. And if you're going to go out wildflower hunting, you know, there's all these fun places to go to here in our low deserts. You know, we're going to have places like Picacho Peak that uh, are known for them. But, you know, as spring breaks and spring is going to come along over the next month for the desert, when it warms up, uh, you'll be able to find all kinds of cactus in bloom. And, uh, you know, the desert trees are going to run their course in their cycle. But it should be just an excellent year for the plants, the color, and for the quails, you know. So we should have a great, a great season out there for you hunters. We had a hunter call in last week, but, um, you know, for the quails, there's going to be a, a plethora of quails. And for all of our wildlife, it's going to be a good year. Well, do us a call, 602 277 5827. You could, you know, it's, it's 11 after. You could still be the first caller today. This is a, it's a time when we get to, to the end of the show. And it's pretty hard to get on, and we realize it's awfully nice uh, weather to be staying inside this morning and maybe drinking a cup of coffee. But if you're looking out the window and you're listening to us, give us a call. It's uh, if you've never called, don't be shy. We we try to be exceedingly kind here, uh, and uh, we have a fun program that way. And so, whatever your dreams, your passions, your desires to grow, whether it be you know roses, which were the you know probably the number one producer of rose state in the country, to um Our citrus, which we're known for, to all of our vegetables. You know, we right now is the time if you've you've never planted like watermelons or cantaloupes or any of the melons and you've got some room in your your yard or garden, uh, perfect time to plant those right now. You can plant those from seed, they'll come up and they should germinate right after this rain pretty quickly. It's also a good time if you're going to put in tomatoes and peppers and all those long season, uh, you know, fruiting plants, eggplant would be great to plant right now. Uh, you could plant all those and, uh, you know, like the pepper and eggplants you can keep right through the summer. The tomatoes, eh, they get a little iffy. And if you're going to plant one you want to last in the summer, try a Pearson. Um, anyway, we'll take our first caller this morning, Jim and Gilbert. Good
2: morning, Jim. Hey, good morning, Brian. Appreciate you as always, and you great advice. Hey, uh, I'll take your answer off the air, but avocados, can we grow them
3: here? Are they hard to grow?
1: Well, they are difficult to grow here, Jim, and, uh, you know, they'll do much better in high elevations and um, – You know, San Diego County down in California, up in the mountains in Ventura. But there are quite a few around town. And uh, I would say percentage wise of those planted, those that live is probably less than 20%. And fruiting big ones, there are some, a few around town that are just magnificent, but they're, they're the exception and uh, so they're not easy to grow here if you want to start one put it on an eastern exposure maybe the eastern side of a big tree something that's going to give it some afternoon protection while it's young once they're bigger and hardy and established they'll take you know pretty full sun but it's kind of like planting a rubber plant in the full sun to start with it's not going to be very easy mike and i guess mike was was honest he took it off the air uh next up we'll take uh walt in cave creek hello walt hey good morning brian how are you doing great sir yeah
4: i i've got a question on a peruvian apple cactus i've got one
5: that's got maybe five arms they're each about five feet tall and
2: two of them are going way cattywampus left and right and i like to remove those and maybe replant them what's the best way to do that
1: no it's a perfect time of year couldn't be any easier mike and basically just cut those arms off you can take them off all the way down by the ground how long are they how tall are they Um. About five feet. Okay. You can you can use a you can move a five foot cutting. That's kind of like the maximum size cutting you can move. It would be easier if you cut it in half. You know, make two cuttings out of the five footer instead of one big one. Or you could make a, a couple short stubby ones. You know, so take leave the big top, maybe leave it two and a half feet long, and take the other ones and make two more cuttings. And then all you have to do is put them on like the north side of the house and let them lay there and just be dry, if, unless it keeps raining. <laughs> but just let them <laughs> lay there normally, they'd be dry. And I would leave them there for two or three weeks, just let them callous over in the bottom, go out and plant them right in the ground, and you can stick them right in the ground, they'll grow. They might root a little easier for you if you wanted to in a container, so you could put, put them in a pot if you want to with a light soil and root them that way, or you could put them right in the ground. Oh, okay, and then how should I water them once they're back in the ground? Well, sparingly, okay? So you might even take your hole and dust it with some powdered sulfur because we don't want to keep them too wet. We don't want to have bacteria. So what you can do is you can... Dust, you know, dig your hole. Dust it with powdered sulfur. Plant, plant your cutting in there. You know, backfill around it. You want to plant them in the ground, probably about four inches or so. And that's why it's hard to take a large cutting. And that large cutting, you might want even want to put it in and stake it, and just put a stake next to it, and that way it won't okay. blow over or fall over. And uh, and then water it the first time and then let it set and be dry. So after you water it the Over. first time, you want to, you know, you sparingly water it probably once every week to 10 days and uh, at the most. And it depends on how light your soil and how well it drains. If it's in heavy clay, it might even be less than that. Okay,
5: sounds good. Sounds good. Can I have one more question? Sure. Okay, I also have a, a large barrel, uh, not barrel, golden barrel, and uh, it's about the size of a basketball and it has a pup like on the very top. Is there any way to remove that pup and save it?
1: Uh, you could try. You know, you could you could probably cut into it and try. It's was stressed there probably or damaged, but just take a very sharp knife and cut in and surgically kind of remove it. Uh, if you got the powdered sulfur from playing with the other cactus, hit the bottom with powdered sulfur, and you could try and put it in the soil. If it's got any kind of a callus on the bottom, you know, it might go ahead and root out and go, and uh, and you could try it that way.
5: Might might be better just to just
1: leave it and not. Well if, if you want that kind of a look or just take it off and discard it too. Okay. All right. Well very good. Well thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna come back with Gordon and Mason. Then we've got some open lines, folks. The number to call six oh two two seven seven five eight 277 Right.
6: Too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I just did me some talking to the sun And I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job Those raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling, but there's one thing I know, the blues they sing. Well,
1: welcome back folks. Beautiful morning out there and uh, couldn't be much prettier. We do have some lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277 KTR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, or if you got something fun different you're doing at home, we would love to hear from you. Uh, next up Gordon in Mesa. Good morning, Gordon.
5: Well, good morning. Uh, See, looking forward to when it really gets warm here and our Bermuda grass uh, we did not plant any of the winter uh, grass at all, uh-huh. and when it starts to uh, come up, should we cut that real short? It and would grow. It would, it grow, it would, would it, be
1: nice to cut it short and fertilize it. In fact, if you have an old lawn, Gordon, you might even want to think about aerating.
5: Okay, and not, how short is is short? Scalping it, or well, not it scalping it
1: down like you would do in you know the winter to plant ryegrass. I would cut it down to about a half an inch if your mower, if that's a good setting for you on your mower. You know so it depends on where you're going to mow what kind of Bermuda grass you have but if you start it off at about a half inch so you're not cutting the rhizomes and runners but just above that that'll clean up everything up and uh, you know once it gets warm here like you say it'll kick right in
7: Okay. Well, that's what we'll do. And then
5: fertilizer, uh, about the time it starts to grow again. Yeah,
1: the same time. You know, And if you want to have a long-lasting fertilizer to put on early, uh, you could use some melargonite. And melargonite's one that's made actually from human waste, but it's very balanced. It's got all kinds of minerals and all the good things we eat inside of it. And uh, it'll last about 90 days. So if you want to kind of build up the ground, that would be the one to use. Or if you want to come up faster, just use regular 21-7-14.
5: Okay. Well, thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Gordon. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Mike down in Casa Grande after Michael. It's wide open, folks. So we got the lovely Shearer here on phones and music. Give her a call. 602-277-5827. Beautiful morning here in Sunny Slope. Uh, we can see the mountains very clearly, but we can also see the grounds a little wet. It hasn't, you know, not raining presently, but we'll have to wait, see what the day brings. The uh, number to call once more, 602-277-5827.
7: Hi, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yes, Brian, good morning to you. i'm I'm actually in in the Casas Adobes, Arizona. My question is I've got an eight foot by ten foot plot of iris. And I'd like to I'm getting it to the age where I can't bend over to weed these things out by hand anymore. Is there anything that I can spray on the iris uh, rhizomes that will not kill the, the rhizomes or the iris?
1: Well not not that's great that I know of now. I'm not sure um, with the iris you might just try a sample. What we do the farmers call it a jar test. What kind what kind of plants do you have growing inside of it? Uh,
7: they're just the blue flowered iris.
1: No, I know with the, yeah, the, the yeah, big iris, but what, what else is growing around them, your, your weed? What uh, oh, them?
7: Well, the, the weeds are, are uh, uh, clover and uh, f- some uh, uh, dandelions.
1: Okay, so for, for broad leaves with the iris, what I would try, and I'm not sure if it's going to work or not, but I would try just spot spraying this one little area mm-hmm. with a 2,4-D product like Weed Be Gone mm-hmm. and just see how it affects your iris, Okay. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's going to kill it or not. You know, and that's what we do when we're going to spray something out of the farm. You know, we always do what's called a jar test. Well, we should always do. Uh, it's called a jar test first where we spray like one tree or one area just to see what the effect's going to be. And, you know, at the same time, you might as well spray it on the weed and right on one of the irises just to see what it's going to do. And, I see. And okay. that, would, that would definitely won't work when it's hot. So, I mean, the only time you could possibly do that would be in the wintertime like now. So once the temperature's above 85, I know it won't work.
7: I'll just have to wait till it quits raining.
1: Well and here's the thing is that next year if you just put down a pre emergent, yeah. um, it may change some of the bloom cycles in your iris. The pre emergents do affect things that way. And uh-huh. we found spraying them over the tops of plants that it might delay or or you know, change the bloom cycle on some of our plants, but um it will keep the weeds
7: from germinating. Fantastic! Thank you very much, and have yourself a nice day. You too. Thanks, Mike. bye Mike.
1: bye uh, Dominic and Sun Lakes up next. After Dominic, we got that wide-open scenario going,
8: 602-277-5827. Hi, Dominic. Hey, um, question. So we had started some grass a couple years back, and we're ready to try it again. What's a good base? Is it motor sand, dirt, Regular concrete sands. Grass, so you're, grew, you're, a, growing, you're growing marijuana, Dominic, or something else? Regular lawn what? grass. <laughs> yeah. Well, those tipped out, too. They didn't last long, either. But for, <laughs> I don't know what uh, what type of grass, Bermuda? Well,
1: pretty uh, much if you're going to plant a new lawn, if you're going to plant a new lawn, I would put in Bermuda grass, okay? And the basic okay. soil out there in uh Sun Lakes is mostly a loam, so it's kind of a loam farm soil that was there first before the rogson's built that place. And yeah. uh, so that really, your basic soil should be fine. Uh, if it's just been hard and, and there hasn't had a lawn, did it have a lawn before
8: or not? Yeah. We did, and we let it go. We didn't transfer into winter and it went dead. Then we just totally let it go. So we're going to rip it all up its ground now and rain, rain uh, weeds. Got to get all those out of
2: there. Well, what I would do is I
1: I, I, I would just clean it completely up, make sure the irrigation's in good order, and then come in and lay some new sod. And the sod's so much easier than trying to plant, you know, seed.
8: Yeah, uh, that's what we did before. We did sod, and it was great, and we never transferred from summer to winter the grass, and then it just all went downhill.
1: Well, yeah, you, okay, know, so you, you don't have to. I, I would put the sod just probably right on top of the ground. If you wanted to, you could put some gypsum down, which is going to help it perk a little bit better. And uh, mm-hmm. you could start with a new lawn starter fertilizer, or you can use like a ammonium phosphate, like a 1620, you know, when you put it in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, sod should grow pretty well. How much traffic are you going to have on it?
8: not very much.
1: Okay, then Just I would use like, like a, I would use like an easy turf for a mid-iron sod and those will be easier to care for and you know you put mm-hmm. a new, new nice sod lawn and it should last 10 or 20 years.
8: Um so so don't have to put mortar sand or some type of sand no uh, you shouldn't have soft, to put you
1: know? it no not at all
8: your, your ground's
1: fine that's the idea of putting the gypsum down it helps it leach better okay and uh oh, okay. and if you're going to if you wanted to till it all up and turn it over and bye. put the gypsum and till it in what you really need to do is do that and then come back and level it perfect and run your sprinklers for a little while to make sure it settles evenly and it's uh, uh-huh. very flat and, and smooth and then go ahead and lay your sod okay All right. thank you thanks dominic bye bye Uh, Let's see. Next up, we have Mark at Phoenix. After Mark, it's open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Mark. Uh, Good morning.
5: Uh, I have a question about ash trees.
0: Okie dokie.
5: I have an ash that I planted when it was 30 years ago. It's really young. Uh, when it was really young, and now it's uh, very old. And I've had to cut a bunch of limbs off. Uh, that's one issue. Uh, it seems to be an ash to climb. But the, what I really want to ask you about is all the seeds on this ash tree. They're kind of like uh, maple seeds. Mm-hmm. Are, are there ash varieties that don't have those
1: seeds? Absolutely. That's the difference between 30 years ago and today. So today we sell mostly grafted ash. You can find a few around still that aren't, but for the most part they are. And um, the ones that are probably the hardiest are going to be Fantex or Fan West. Okay. And those are two very hardy varieties. And, um, those are going to be ones that are Arizona ash, so they're grafted to an Arizona ash rootstock and they won't have seeds. Now, those are both going to be bare for about two months in the spring. So the fan, uh, the fan Fantex will drop its leaves mid January and they're going to leaf back out depending if it's Fantex or fan west somewhere from the first early part of March to the end of March. Okay. So they're going to have that winter season be bare. And then there's, yeah. then there's the, the shamel ashes that are grafted. So you'll see these grafts down on the trunk by the base of the tree and you really need to look for that that now we make sure it's grafted and the grafted uh, shamel ash are going to um be bare somewhere usually from about just before christmas till the first or second week in january
5: yeah this one is is bare from uh late christmas to about uh, first week in march okay so it's it's an arizona ash variety of some sort yeah. All right, thank you very much. That's what I needed to know because my kids uh, as this one uh, declines they want to plant the uh, an ash tree too.
1: Well, very good. Just look for look for the graphs.
5: All right, thank you very much. Thanks Mark. Bye-bye.
1: Uh let's see. Next we have Mike in Surprise. Good morning, Michael. Good
0: morning, Brian. How are you today? Excellent, sir. Thanks for asking. Good. Just to go a little further on that Peruvian apple cactus, I have two of them, and uh, both of them are probably about eight or nine feet tall. Mm -hmm. Is there something I should be doing with that?
1: Um, Not especially. I mean, they can grow tall. I mean, we have one in our house that's up against the house. It's probably fourteen feet.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, mine is up against the house as well, too. Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: So they're pretty. They're fun. You know, they're fun and they're easy plant to grow here and uh, take minimal care. And so, but they'll they'll get tall. Okay,
7: then I, I thought maybe I'd have to cut them down or something like that. But No, uh, there's no reason
1: why you have to. I mean, it's just, you know, if they get denser and you want different looks, uh, you could do that. But no, for the most part, you could just let them be. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like Troy Barrett slipped in the newsroom here, so we better find out what's happening with the world this morning. While we're gone, you can give Sandra. Uh, not Sandra, you can give Shira a call. Sandra was yesterday. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Brian and Shira and Troy here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on KTAR. beautiful Sunday morning. We do have a line or two available. The number to call, 602-277-5827. We'll, we'll get right back to the phones. Paula and Awatuki, good morning.
3: Good morning. Um, I just have a quick question. I started some cherry tomatoes in a in air pods in an aerial garden, and I come to realize they're getting very large now. And I didn't realize at the time that now they're supposed to go, I believe, in pots or in the in the ground. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering. I have these pots that I bought at, the, at your nursery, um, and now I want to go ahead and put them in the pots. And put cages around them. And I want to know if that's you think that's going to be good. And also, what kind of sun do they need?
1: Well, absolutely, that'll be great. And right now, the more sun, the happier. So they'll do, right? they'll do excellent if they're planted this time of year, right out in the southern exposure, uh, you know, and get pretty full so, sun. And that will okay. be actually, you know, ideal all the way through the early part of May. So the more okay. sun, the happier, the more flower, the denser the plant and uh, perfect time to transplant them.
3: Sounds good. Also, I have a couple of very large lantana that I had my, um, they were getting large, and they've been always cut back and looking around. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them, I have a, a ledge there with, with grass, and I want them to actually be much, much smaller. Okay. So yesterday I had them cut them back, and now, of course, they look very woody. That was mm-hmm. one of the reasons, because I know under the flowers, Um, and the foliage, they're woody under there. I want to get them small and have them, will they now that they're woody come out and bloom?
1: They will, but how, how, did you cut them as small as you want them to be or not?
3: No, they're, they're probably still three feet tall. I
1: I would just, you know, it's like a puppy dog tail. You know, those people that have puppy dogs with the short tails Mm -hmm. where they stub the tail off. Hurts a lot less if you just cut them all at once. So let's go no, ahead and I'm just, d- they said it hurt a lot less. You know, if you had one of those Doberman pinchers and you cut his tail off an inch a week, he probably wouldn't be very mm. happy. So the same way with those lantanas. If you want those lantanas to be small, make them small. And you can do that right okay. now. So just cut them all the way back okay. to where they're close to the ground, and they'll come right back out.
3: Oh, close to the ground. Okay, that sounds really good. Also, good time to cut back lemon lemon trees. Absolutely. I,
1: I wish we were finished harvesting. We're actually hedging our Meyer lemons right now.
3: Yeah, I have been in this house twenty three years. Have had the lemon tree about nineteen last year before last. I had more lemons than ever. I lost a palm tree that was next to it. Maybe that's why. But this past season, I had five lemons.
1: Really. Well, that's unusual unless you had it. We had a late frost, but Nawatuki, you shouldn't have. Are you up the hill in Nawatuki, or you're down by the...
3: We live live right off Chandler Boulevard facing South Mountain.
1: And what cross street? Uh, 28th.
3: Street okay. and so, yeah, so you're not
1: real warm. I mean, you're not real cold. Um Anyway, okay. that's kind of odd that you shouldn't have. But if you want to reduce the size of the tree, now is the perfect time. And you can okay. reduce it okay. this time of year as much as you like. And it's kind of like the, pup, the puppy dog story. Yeah. If you want to make it smaller, make it smaller. Now, you are going to take away a significant portion of your crop for this year. But it'll probably mm-hmm. still have enough foliage on the inside. You should get a decent crop. And, and most years, lemons are pretty consistent. And if you don't get enough mm-hmm. lemons, you just come over the hill and see us at the nursery. And I'll give you. A box or two okay
3: so I should have them cut it back really really a lot yeah, if you want like, the tree a like lot it's smaller in the
1: corner yeah if you want it smaller yeah, make sure. it smaller
3: okay so it's in the corner right uh, facing Ch- channel boulevard so maybe to the bottom of the the wall
1: if you would like it that short you can okay
3: so no, if, can if, if, you're gonna, like if you're gonna if you're gonna cut it
1: back that short you might want to think about painting that because it won't have any foliage left on it how tall is it now okay. 20 feet?
3: Yeah, I'd say so, maybe. Yeah,
1: so if you want to take it down that small, uh, and you're not going to have any leaves on it at all, you'd want to go ahead and protect it, spray it with maybe some of the uh, tree trunk white, and you could even mix it and spray it with like a hose-in sprayer right on the wood.
3: Well it's it's really nice now. I just need to round it out. Maybe I'll just keep it and round it out and take about six feet off.
1: Okay, of it. that's that's about how much we take off ours. We don't yeah. we don't, but not that you can. Yeah. But we usually don't. Okay, enjoy your show. Thanks, Paula. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let's see here. We got that. So there. We go. And next up, we have uh, Kath in Phoenix. Hello.
3: Hi, I have a question about a privet hedge. Mm -hmm. It used to have a lot of leaves all over, really lush leaves, but now it's just branches. Is it fertilizer or what do I need to do? Well,
1: how old is the hedge?
3: 50 years old.
1: Okay, so they get a little worn out, but um, what you can do is you can reduce its size, okay? And with one that big, how tall are you maintaining it right now? Four foot. Oh, okay. And, it, and it's privet? It's not dwarf myrtle or something? I don't know what it is.
2: They okay. told me privet.
1: Okay, it might be dwarf myrtle if it's kept that small. It'd be hard to keep privet that small for 50 years, but it could be. I'll tell you what you can do is uh, hold on, and, and off the air I'm going to get your number, and we'll, we'll, we'll get a picture of it, so we'll make sure we are give you the right information, okay? So if, if you just hold on, um, hold on the phone, and I'm going to have... Sure, I get your phone number, and I'll, and I'll call you after the show, and well, then we can trade pictures of your, of your plant, so we make sure we do the right advice, okay?
3: Oh, never mind. I appreciate your help, but um, I'm sorry. I can't do that.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, so let, let me just give you the best advice I can. So, if you want a hedge to be happy, what you want to do is trim it a little narrower at the top and leave it wider at the base. It's the perfect time to fertilize it, whether it's a myrtle or if it's a, you know, if it's a is a privet and any kind of hedge the perfect time of year to fertilize it? And so, if you'll do that, um, you'll be doing the best for it. And this is like I say, it's the perfect time of year, like a 10 10 10 balanced fertilizer would be very good. And you might want to add a little bit of soil sulfur when you do it at the same time. Hello, yeah, okay, yeah. So, you might want to add a little soil sulfur and like a 10 10 10 fertilizer and cut it narrower at the top and leave it wider at the base.
3: How about Miracle Grow?
1: Miracle Grow's is pretty good, but it's just higher in phosphorus and doesn't have as much nitrogen, which is okay. And if you want to put Miracle Grow on it, that's fine.
3: Okay. Thank
0: you, Brian.
1: Thank you, Kath. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. We have Nicholas in the Santan Valley. Hello, Nick. Hey,
0: Brian. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call.
1: Thanks for being part of the program, Nick.
0: Hey, I had a question. My uh, wife and I growing uh, pumpkins we Uh grow them every year for Halloween and we've been getting attacked crazy by uh, squash bugs and so they've been killing our crops and we've even gotten last year we had almost half of our pumpkins were orange and then they like reverted back to a green state and we learned that there's like this virus that can be Uh passed around by them Um, So we're just wondering, like, we tried multiple different ways to kill them and attack them. And, like, it's like if you have to pick them off directly, and it's gotten real bad. So we're wondering, like, should we skip a cycle or two?
1: Well, you could do that. Or here's what you could do for this year, Nick, is you could plant your pumpkins right now. Okay, so if, you, if you'll if you plant your pumpkins right uh-huh. now and, ha, and have an early harvest, have them, you know, get ready. They'll, if you plant them right now, depending on the varieties, they'll be ripe at the end of April or in May. Then you take your pumpkins, uh-huh. you put them in the garage in a nice dry place, okay, and as long as you don't scar the rind, and leave them for Halloween.
0: Really? And they'll, I they'll
1: store all summer, no problem
0: okay cool because yeah we've, we've kept them and kept them for months before too and we love that you know that we can keep them for months but yeah they just they get right at the root and then just destroy the whole plant well that and would that, uh, would, be, that would
1: be that would be a way to break their cycle because they're mainly a fall insect I mean you see most of those in August and September
0: okay that makes sense cool well I appreciate that have fun Nick thanks hey okay,
1: thank you bye-bye uh Alex and Tolleson. good morning
5: Alex good morning sir Yes, I have. A, I have a question regarding fig trees. We want to put one in, and we know nothing about them. Well,
1: fig trees do wonderfully here, and my personal favorite's Mission Black, which is a smaller to medium-sized fig, but it's prolific and it'll have a, you know, several crops in the summertime. And uh, when we're down at the farm, that's what I eat for lunch. You know, in June, it's just uh, wonderful fruit, and they're pretty easy here. They'll grow in most locations. That'd be a little hard to start, you know, on the west side of a wall and rock. Okay, but aside from that, with with a lot of reflected heat, they'll they'll grow most anywhere. They're going to need, you know, some sun to really flourish so on the east side of the house, the side side of the house, even the north side away from the house, they'll be fine and um, they grow pretty easy here. Now's the perfect time to plant them and, uh, and they'll do well. That was Mission? Mission Black is the one I like the best, yeah. There, there's, there's different mission ones, Black. yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye Alex. And we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's Brian and Shearer here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM KTAR.
9: Eyes full of stars. things when i'm feeling sad simply remember my favorite things and then i don't feel so bad
1: well welcome back folks and uh, that's a nice rainy day song a <laughs> beautiful morning out there we do have a couple lines open the number to call here in the woodfield nursery garden show 602-277-5827 277 ktar rick and surprise good morning
2: Hi, Brian. Uh, first, I really appreciate you and your show and your music. Um, I've got a neighbor who wants me to harvest uh, his fruit trees, and i got a few questions about them. One, uh, his grapefruit tree is loaded, and, but he doesn't know what variety it is. And I've heard you say that Some of the grapefruit um, should be harvested now, but some uh, you might want to wait, or you could wait quite a while. And I'm thinking it may be better to leave them on the tree till they're ready to eat. How do I identify what variety is? Well, the
1: the first start Rick is to go taste one. I did. How how were they?
2: Um, it was it was good. I I mean I I I just peel them and and eat them, Uh uh, and and I found it. Good, but I've had sweeter. Okay. Um, what color, And what the, color what, what color was the flesh? The flesh is kind of a salmon color.
1: Okay. So if it's salmon and, color right now, it's probably a ruby red, okay? Or it could be a okay. red blush, and if it's already that kind of a color. And um, it will be at its best at the end of April or May, and uh, I would consume them as one likes, and you could leave them on the
2: tree through July. Okay and does there's the, there's the fact that they're mostly they're almost all yellow but they have just a little blush pink spot on most of them that would be normal exactly. for
1: that would be normal for a ruby red especially if you had two fruit that were touching each other you know right there where they yep. press against each other that little spot will be yep. red and that would tell us that they're probably a ruby red grapefruit
2: Okay, perfect. So that I was suspicious of that. <laughs> so I'm going to tell him to hold off on getting a malt picked right now. And then uh, he has two types of oranges. One of them has a very wrinkled skin, almost like cauliflower. Okay, that's uh, about probably about a sour orange, and or that's
1: probably the rootstock.
2: Oh no, they're not sour. They're sweet. Okay, they're, they're tasty. So if it's they're, got a it kind of tastes like a Satsuma.
1: Well, it, it could be some kind of a mandarin, or it could be a mini latte, It doesn't have a knob on top, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. And I'm okay. familiar with the shape of the uh, tangelons. Uh-huh. They're, they're, they don't have that knob. They're, they're strictly round and um, mm-hmm. about two and a half inches in diameter, most of them. And Do they have seeds or not? no seeds? Um. I'm going to open one up right now. (laughs) I don't remember it being very seedy. Yeah, well... Uh,
1: So... Mandarins, pretty much, Rick, to answer your question and move on, is that, um, you know, what, you, you probably have some variety of a mandarin if it's bumpy like that. And, uh, and that's like the, the, um, They're a little bumpier too because they're a hybrid. But, um, that's not going to hurt anything. And, and those you're just going to eat according to flavor. And mandarins can ripen anywhere from the earliest ones, uh, right after Thanksgiving to the latest ones are in April. And, uh, we're going to decide when to eat them by taste. oh Do we lose Rick? Hello? Yeah, Rick. Yeah. So, uh, do you hear me? Yeah, did you hear what I just told you? Uh, the, the mandarins? Yeah, so it's some kind of a mandarin, most likely. And uh, yeah. way, we're not going to identify it for sure. I want to get some other callers, too.
2: but well, um, I've got... The most important question is his other orange tree is a navel, uh-huh. and they're big, but they're pissy and not very tasty.
1: Okay, they're and, probably on the wrong rootstock, and you might as well harvest those and dispose of them. They're not going to get any better.
2: Huh. So it's not a matter of watering or fertilizer or anything else.
1: Well, it's when the, the really big fruit on, on the top end of it can be somewhat dry. Okay, that's that. That's as they get older, they get a little crystallization there. But and that would that fruit would have been better picked probably two or three weeks ago or a month ago.
2: Oh, so it could be just the timing of when they're picking it.
1: Well, it's partially that, but, you know, not knowing because we didn't, you know, we're not talking about them in early January. Now we're here to March already. But, um yeah, if the navels aren't still real good, chances are it's on a bad rootstock. But at any rate, um, you know, whatever's whatever's it's not going to get any better in a navel. It's only going to go downhill.
2: Uh, Okay. He's had a long time, and he said it hasn't been a problem in the past. It's a big tree.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, it's just late in the season, so, you know, they've kind of passed their
2: prime. Got it. Okay. Thank you, Brian. All right. Thanks, Rick.
1: Bye-bye. Let's see. Richard, North Phoenix, and then Jim in Central Phoenix, and then we've got a couple lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827,
5: 277-KTAR. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Brian. Um, a couple quick questions. Uh, I've been listening to you for quite a while. Am I correct that I can plant sago palms on the south side of my house and they may um, yellow in the heat of the summer, but after they're established, they will tolerate the uh, the sun on the south side of the
1: house? They'll absolutely tolerate the sun, Richard. Um, are they going to be right up against the house or just out you know, in the, in the open, away from the house? Oh, out oh, in the open. Okay. So they're going to get golden in the summertime, and they'll green back up in the fall. It's just the the light intensity that we have here, you know, especially in June and July when the days are really long, um, they'll bleach and get kind of a yellow color. And then uh, as the fall comes along, by September, October, you know, they'll turn green again. So, if, okay. for, for example, if you were a winter visitor, you'd never know they were yellow.
5: I got gotcha. you. Right. Um, My second question is, um, I uh, saw a neighbor, uh, and he had a plant that he put in called an outback cupid emu bush, and I spoke with your son, Matthew, and he says you carry those, but I neglected. uh, I'd like to know what your opinion is of those, and uh, they're supposed to be heaped.
1: They're, they're very, they're very heat tolerant. You know, there's a fellow named Paul Chambers is from Australia and he was kind of a race car mechanic, but then he became plant person extraordinaire. And uh, he's, he brought a lot of those plants from Australia here. And it, it's a very hardy plant very common plant now. And, uh, one I would, de- you know, like a lot of the emia bushes the there, there's a lot of those that are really useful in our landscape. Okay. And they will
5: bloom throughout the summer. Well, uh, that's the yellow. It blooms, yeah,
1: it blooms longer than like the Valentine bush is another emu bush that blooms in the spring with a you know pretty flower around Valentine's Day, but it's a short right. bloomer. But this one, that's probably got a four month bloom cycle.
5: Okay, okay. And then uh, my mule palms I bought from you. When should I those and my uh, pygmy date palms, and uh, when should I be feeding those today?
1: This oh, is the okay. perfect perfect time to feed them.
5: And then what What about um, after, through the summer or in the fall?
1: Well, you know, you can feed them, you know, if you fed them right now, okay, and if you fed them again, we went kind of almost on like the citrus schedule, but move up that yeah. last fertilization about three or four weeks. So if you fertilized them right now, you fertilized them again, you know, somewhere in May, and then you caught them again about the first of August, that would be the best fertilizer schedule. Okay. Okay.
5: Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Very Richard. helpful. Have a nice day. Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks. And next up, we've got Jim in Central Phoenix. Are, um, are we out of 56 or 58? Eight? Okay, so we got plenty of time, Jim. In fact, we got time for maybe another caller. The number to call 602-277-5827. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How are you doing today? Excellent, sir. Uh,
4: I planted in the house uh, cherry peppers, and they're about an inch tall now. Could, it, could they go outside now?
1: You'd probably be better off, uh, Jim, because it's warmer in the house. If you have them like in a window where they get plenty of light, you'd probably be better off leaving them for another week or two. Or until the weather, you know, if it's going to get up 75, 80 degrees, um, they'll be better outside. But uh, for right now, uh, if you have a bright place and if they're that young, I, I would leave them for a while. Peppers are a little slower starting. They're not as fast like tomatoes are, but they're certainly worth it in the long run.
4: Okay, I have one more question. Uh, when I do re-transplant them outside, I'm not going to do it today. I was outside, and it's cold.
1: Yeah, no, today's not today. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, I was like, oh, this seems a bit, they're not going to like this.
1: No, they're not. You know, And, and they're going to be a lot hardier once they get a little more, you know, m- oomph to a little more size so i I would just keep them in a south facing window if you can you know so they're they're in there nice and warm and taking advantage as much light as they can get and they should be fine and i I would grow them up to probably on peppers probably about three or four inches before you transplant them
4: okay that sounds good uh now i also i planted them in uh peat pots can I, trans- it says you can transplant the whole pot. And
1: that's a very that's easy way. You're root. not going to damage any roots, and that's exactly, if you have them like in a little jiffy pot, um, that's ideal. And you can put the whole pot in the ground and just keep the soil level, you know, the same as it is with the pot. And the It's not like a tomato. Tomato, you plant them deeper. P- peppers, you plant level. So just plant the, the little pot level with the ground, and away you go. Okay. Next question.
4: Um I have a bunch growing in a, well, an egg carton. The old, uh, can you plant the whole egg carton, break them up and put the whole section in, the old paper ones? Is it
1: one of the paper ones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, what I would do with that is I would take like a razor blade knife and, and cut the bottom of the cell open, you know? Okay. Okay, just cut cut a hole in the bottom of the cell and then you then if you want to try and pull them out, just cut the little each individual little piece out and put it in the ground. The paper's not gonna hurt anything, but cut the bottom off the cells because it's not really designed to deteriorate as fast as the you know the regular pots are. But if you cut the bottom out, it's fine.
4: Okay. Uh well, that's it. All right. We're, <laughs> we're right know. out
1: of time. we gotta, we got to say, hey, we'll be right back after the news with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827.